0: Welcome in to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. Today we have another great guest. Today we have Terrence Scroy, the clinical lead at HSS Sports Medicine Center and also a consultant for the New York Mets. Terrence, welcome in.
1: Thank you very much, Chase. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so Terrence, give us um, kind of a little bit of background about kind of your upbringing and kind of what she got you involved in uh, sports physical therapy in the first place.
1: Yes, I mean, great question. I grew up about 40 minutes north of Manhattan in Rockham County. Um, You know, played sports my whole life, you know, got involved in Little league baseball early, soccer, um, essentially, you know, whatever my older brother was doing at the time. So a lot of sports growing up, Um, you know, through high school, same thing, played sports in high school and then, uh, you know, baseball, hockey, Uh, never really great at one of them. So I played a couple. And then uh, I guess with baseball, once, you know, the ball started spinning on me, I couldn't hit it anymore. I realized that was the end of the end of the road for that. Um, But I think, you know, growing up, seeing, you know, my parents and everything, I, I realized pretty early that I did not want to go into a job that, you know, was a desk job and sitting behind a desk all day and, you know, really wanted to try and figure something out where I could help people. Um, so I started volunteering actually at a local physical therapy clinic when I was in high school and it was an orthopedic, you know, clinic. So really nothing very sports specific or sports centered. And, you know, I enjoyed it. I think, you know, watching people, you know, come in on crutches and leave walking or, you know, come in in a sling and leave raising their arm. There was something, you know, about that, that sort of struck, uh, struck a chord. And, you know, I, I guess that's sort of where it all started, you know, as, Also with sports, you know, growing up early in New York, there's a lot of sports teams here. So, you know, Mets fan from, you know, as far back as I can remember, my father's a Brooklyn Dodger fan. So when they moved out, it was Mets only. So we'd grow up going to uh, Shea Stadium, you know, watching those guys. And, you know, it was always amazing to me, you know, from the age of five to now still, what always got me was the pitchers how they're able to start in a static position and generate so much force and able to throw the ball 90 plus miles an hour. I think that also is something that, you know, I was just you know amazed with from an early age. So maybe that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, general sports childhood um, and, you know, just a really a desire to try and help people. Uh, I think, you know, coming up and in, in, you know in high school you know everyone wants to know what you're going to major in and you know for physical therapy I, for me it was a master's program uh but i had to decide early and i think it's tough i mean you don't know uh, i i mean there's a lot that i didn't know in high school but you know i i chose to go down that route and uh it's one that worked out worked out well
0: Right. And so um, you obviously had a strong sports like background growing up, playing them throughout your uh, like childhood. But did you realize that sports PT was like a realistic thing throughout PT school or did you kind of um, figure that out later on after practicing for a while?
1: Yeah, I'd say probably later on, um, you know, with all the internships that we did during PT school, I did a you know, a standard neuro inpatient. I did another inpatient. I did two outpatient uh, orthopedic centers and I knew that I wanted to be in the outpatient world. Um, I didn't really have as much exposure to pure sports uh, PT. And, you know, in the outpatient centers, they saw some athletes and, you know, high school or college athletes. Uh, But I definitely knew I wanted to go into orthopedics I'd say, as far as sports, um, after I started practicing, I, I realized that I wanted to be more in the sports world. Um, one of the doctors I worked with in New Jersey, he was, um, he used to be one of the Miami Marlins team physicians, and he moved back to New Jersey and has a sports practice. And, you know, we've got to talking about baseball and, you know, things that he needs for his practice. And, um, you know, I sort of, at that point started tailoring my practice to more sports um, but it was it was later on i, I think you know when i graduated school there was a lot that i had to figure out um and probably about five years into practice i realized i wanted to focus most mostly on sports
0: right and what were some of those specific things that you did to kind of tailor how you treated patients or your practice to become like more of a sports-centered clinician
1: yeah so i mean it's really about knowing the athletes um and on top of that knowing the literature so you know anytime i had an athlete come in i would research you know their their position their sport i'd read you know tons of papers on particular injuries in their sports Um, but as far as the clinic is concerned you know those patients you Know it might have progressed more towards obviously sports specific exercise at the end of the programs, doing some ball tosses. Um, you know, baseball players doing plyometrics. Um, some of our lower extremity athletes or, or soccer players were doing, you know, cutting drills and some passing drills. So, you know, the there's obviously a big difference between just general orthopedics and sports, and I think that's sort of what I enjoy about sports is the pressure. Not only to get someone bending their knee, um, but the pressure to getting someone jumping again or, you know, running down a court um, or same thing with the shoulders, you know, and elbows, not just, you know, getting someone able to raise their arm again, but getting someone to the point where they could throw a fastball hundred miles an hour. So, um, yeah, I I think that probably the biggest thing I did was research the athlete and research the uh, particular injuries to make sure that I understood exactly what they needed to be able to do. Um, and that essentially guided my treatment.
0: Right. Um, so now that you've been, you know, practicing for a while and you've kind of guided your, your, uh, treatment style towards that sports centered thinking, uh, you're now the clinical lead at HSS. So kind of tell us a little bit more about your role in your current position.
1: Yeah. So it's clinical lead. I've got full, full caseload of patients, um, you know, anywhere from, you know, youth high school athletes to elite athletes. And then, um, also just your everyday, you know, shoulder elbow patient. Um, so I've got a full caseload there. I also help run our overhead special interest group. Um, so we do all sorts of things at our centers with, you know, video analysis, biomechanical analyses, uh, musculoskeletal screens. Um, and then I also partake in upper extremity research. Um, so I'm always working on research projects, either with some of our uh, attending physicians or fellows or rehab. Um, and they're just constantly talking to, you know, our physicians and maintaining relationships with, with our physicians. So uh, every day is a busy day. Um, and I try and really, you know, stay as active as I can and, you know, you know, everything I'm doing and I, I think, you know, for me, and even our hospital, we've got certain pillars where, you know, we've got a research pillar. So I try and maintain some level of uh, consistency. So I'm always involved in research, clinical education, um, and, you know, high-level outcomes for all of our patients.
0: Right. And so do you practice primarily with upper extremity only, since that kind of seems to be where most of your time is?
1: Uh, I'd say probably 90 plus percent of my patients are upper extremity. Now, um, one of the surgeons I work with, uh, or a bunch of the ones that I work with at the West side, um, sports Medicine to, um, are high level upper extremity surgeons. So over the years we've developed good relationships and, and yeah, I mean, I, I'd say probably 90 plus percent of my patients are post-operative shoulder and elbow patients. Yep.
0: Gotcha. And so part of those post-operative shoulder and elbow patients include some of the uh, players at the New York Mets as your consultant, consultant for them. So kind of tell us a little bit about how you got started um, working with, you know, working with the Mets as a consultant position.
1: Yeah. So I guess mean, just backing up to where I started, which landed me here. Um, so when I started working, I was in Midtown Manhattan at, an, you know, a general outpatient orthopedic center. Um, I moved to New Jersey for another outpatient orthopedic center. And then my current, my boss at that time had moved out to Chicago to open up uh, or to run uh, a few hundred outpatient centers. And he wanted me to join him to help sort of build out some of their sports programs. So I wound up moving to Chicago uh, for three or four years and, you know, worked for a very big outpatient um, you know, physical therapy company at that time though, I started uh, working with some of the physicians at Midwest orthopedics at rush, um, and some of their fellows there. So we started, you know, some baseball research. Um, you know, we'd spend our Monday and Wednesday nights driving all over the Midwest and filming, um, some of these youth academies and we do talks. So, uh, my research really started when I was out in Chicago and I met some of the fellows out there, uh, one Dr. Erickson, who is current uh, team physician for the Phillies. Um, and his colleague, uh, Pete Chalmers, uh, who's not in Utah, uh, doing sports medicine now. Um, so that at that point, you know, we we're doing research and then our company had gotten acquired. So uh, being from New York, I, I always wanted to come back to New York. So we wound up coming back to New York and I interviewed at HSS. And when I interviewed at HSS, um, you know, what was so appealing to me is that, you know, one of my first interviews was with Dr. Alchek, who is the Uh, medical director for the Mets and we had gotten into talking and um, he understood that my interest was in baseball also. So I was lucky enough to have him introduce me um, to the Mets um, and to our fellows at that time. Um, So I wound up going down to spring training in 2016, I guess, was my first year um, with the minor leaguers. And at that point, we're doing a little bit of research with them. We're collecting some data for spring training physicals. Um, And that's, I guess, where it all started. From there, you know, every year um, I've been going down to spring training and helping the medical staff um, for about a week or so early on during physicals. So I'll help, you know, take measurements of the players and do their entry physicals. Um, And then, you know, as far as the consulting, what – my main role is to be uh, one. Obviously, stay um, you know engaged and in, in, you know uh, have established a relationship with the entire team. But then, if I'm at the hospital, if someone winds up having surgery um, and they are not staying with the team, then I'll typically see them at the hospital for um, whatever amount of time they need, whether it's you know, the duration of their care or getting ready to the point where they need to start throwing and then they go down to Florida. Um, also, if the team's on the road and some players stay back and they need care for an extended amount of time, they'll come to the hospital and we'll see them there. So uh, my role as a consultant is really more um, to help the team staff um, and then, yeah, to provide, I guess, rehab for some of their guys that are not uh, traveling with the team. I mean, they're I'd say, yeah, the team that they have is unbelievable at, at uh, with the Mets. They've got two um, great physical therapists, so uh, I, I think you know, just the team dynamic is unbelievable.
0: Right, um, and so how long have you been doing that for now?
1: Yeah, so I guess about five years. This will be my sixth year uh, doing that, um, and then you know, yeah, during the home stands, I'll try and get over to the stadium during home stands for um, one or two games just to make sure that, you know, the guys are aware of who I am. So if they need to come to the hospital that, um, you know, they know who I am and and they're comfortable, you know, nice, seamless transition from the stadium to the hospital.
0: Right. Um, so, you know, you work with the highest level athletes in baseball. Uh, so when you're treating, um, your other shoulder or elbow patients in the clinic, whether it's like a recreational tennis player or a high school baseball player. Um, how does your treatment mindset change when you're trying to get them players ready to return to sport, whether it's, you know, re- weekend warrior trying to be able to play pickleball versus your person that you're trying to get back to be able to crank hundred miles an hour.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't think it changes too much. I think with all of them, you know, my goal is to get each of my patients doing whatever they need to do. So whether it's swinging a golf club again or getting back to their high school baseball games, I think it's very similar. I mean, we go through the same criteria um, there's probably a little less pressure because their arm is not worth, you know, 10 or $50 million. Um, but it's still, it's still, I feel like unless I can get my patients doing what they want, I am not happy. And I'd say, you know, we try and strive for perfection and making sure that you know our outcomes are, are very high level and, and we, we get to achieve all our outcomes. So I'd say very similar, you know, if someone just really wants to raise their arm, if I can't get them to do that, then you know, it's, it's, that's on me in my mind.
0: Right. And so I kind of wanted to take this time, uh, as you're such a, you know, upper extremity focused PT, is there any like soap boxes that you would like to sh- share with everyone that you think every PT that is treating an upper extremity condition should kind of follow by. Um, we had an episode with uh, Meredith Shapu, who's very heavily involved in ACL research and she kind of talked a little bit about how important quad, um, activation is post ACL surgery. So do you have anything similar for your upper extremity PTs? Yeah.
1: I mean, I think early on restoring range of motion is essential. And I think that starts, you know, very early. Um, I think reducing pain and inflammation will allow you to do that. Uh, When I started rehab very early on, I would try and push shoulders way too hard. And what I did was I think I created more inflammation, which made them stiffer and tighter. So early phases, I would say the most important thing for me is that uh, we regain range of motion. So whatever you need to do to minimize inflammation uh, and reduce pain, uh and then gradually restore passive and then active range of motion because you've got to set the foundation. After that, for upper extremity, I'd say early scap activate scapular activation, making sure there's you know great scapular control, um, depending on the athlete, rhythmic staves for the shoulder for good rotator cuff control. And then I'd say really focusing on perfect movement before you start to strengthen. Uh, I think if you strengthen too soon and the motion hasn't been restored, that some of these patients will have residual tightness or some other issues with their with their shoulders. So yeah, I think for me, it's just very, very early restoration of motion and scap activation.
0: Right, you said that you, know, you wanna wait, you wanna kind of hold off on strengthening until you have that perfect motion. Um, is there any other indicators besides like good scapular control uh, that you kind of look at to say, okay, this is kind of a good benchmark where we can start to strengthen?
1: Yeah, I mean, strengthen, obviously, I would say aggressive strengthening. and we hold on. So with the use of blood flowing, we've, we've done a lot of strengthening early. But yeah, so my criteria typically are full range of motion, uh, full active range of motion, um, good scap control. And then I, so I also like good rotator cuff control as well. So whether it's you know me doing a manual test with them on the table or using handheld dynamometers to test for a rotator cuff strength. Um, then I think it's safe to progress strength. So yeah, if you're pain-free, you have full range of motion and good scapular and cuff control, then I think you're good to start strengthening.
0: Gotcha. So I wanted to shift away a little bit more from like clinic, clinical uh, advice and kind of go into um, a little bit about how I actually found out about you, um, your Instagram page, Life After the Knife. Kind of tell us a little bit about how that started and what kind of made you want to put out um, upper Extremity content.
1: Yeah, so I think I'm almost on a mission to help do something bigger and better. And I have a very limited, you know, um, reach when I'm just in the clinic. Uh, But through the use of Instagram, obviously, you know, you can reach the world. So I guess my initial thoughts with the page was that I can start to show people my experiences and what has worked or what has not worked for me to allow people that want to do essentially what I'm doing, uh, but get there a little quicker. So learn from, you know, m- some of my mistakes or what I, you know, could have done better and and, and do it, um, you know, quicker than I have and, and learn from me. Um, also, just a platform to, you know, you know, share, you know, thoughts with people around the country. I mean, I've connected with, you know, some physical therapists that you know, I've heard about, but I've never really been able to connect with, um, and share experiences, um, help improve outcomes. So, you know, the page, the page really has been a nice educational sort of platform for me. Um, I also think that, you know, at the hospital, we have a lot of people that come back to the hospital for checkups from around the country. And a lot of them or a lot of their physical therapists have questions about you know, what we want done or how we do things or why we do things. So having again, that platform to refer to, I think is helpful for some other clinicians that might be treating our patients, you know, elsewhere in the country. Um, and yeah, I'm looking to, I guess, continue growing it, um, and continue sharing my experiences and, um, just some general knowledge on what I've learned and what I'm doing as I guess, a, a shoulder and elbow expert. Uh, just to help others, and I've had feedback, you know, from a lot of students, um, and I've had questions. So uh, it's also nice to be able to tailor what I am posting on what some other people may need or, or some questions that others have. So uh, I think it's been great. You know, it's been eye-opening to see the amount of people who've responded well to it, and I look forward to continuing growing it.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely one of those people who have benefited from the. Knowledge that you've put out on the page, you know, as an early career, you know, PT, who may have a lot of questions about specific, especially shoulder and elbow patients, just because I don't encounter them as often. Um, When I do, I always kind of use your guide as a resource, especially for post-surgical patients. Um, Especially if it's something I haven't seen before, it's definitely a very useful resource. And I will definitely make sure I put out the Instagram handle um, when this episode goes up. Uh, So. I have a couple more questions for you and then yeah. we'll get you out of here. Um, Kind of walk us through a day in the life of what it's like to be you. So you're involved, you know, full-time clinician doing research, kind of have your hand in every, every jar. So kind of give us what a typical day in the life it would be for you.
1: Yeah. So, uh, it starts with an early wake up, nice four o'clock alarm going off and, uh, grab my coffee, hop in the car, and beat the traffic into Manhattan, which has uh, been a struggle to find that window. I found the only consistent window of no traffic is uh, before 5 a.m. Uh, but no, I, I, I try and get my workout in early, so I'll go to the clinic and work out with a couple of my colleagues, um, and then you know get my emails and stuff done before my day starts. Just once it starts, it's, it's nonstop. Um, I'd say typically... You know, start seeing patients somewhere like on Monday, I don't know, eight or nine o'clock, start seeing patients. Uh, We've got, you know, professional athletes mixed in with uh, just some of our general orthopedic patients Uh, and really go straight, you know, eight to 10 hour days. Um, So that's about three days a week, two days a week. I have time built into my schedule where I can spend time doing some of my research um, and uh, some of my educational commitments. So I'd say I've got clinic days that are true clinic days and start to finish, you know, patients. And then uh, I've been lucky enough to work, you know, at HSS where they've built in some time to my schedule where I can, you know, get some of my clinical uh, clinical work done as well and build out some of our programs. Um, and then on the way home from work, I wind up, you know, on the phone with you know trainers or therapists that might be seeing our, our patients across the country. So I mean, I think for me, the struggle has been time management. Knowing I only have a certain amount of time and I try and get some, some form of sleep, um, trying to make sure I can maximize my time and be as efficient as possible. So, yeah, if I'm stuck in traffic and I'm not listening to a podcast, I'm making phone calls. or uh, And if I'm at work, I try and get in early, get everything done before my day starts and get organized because once I start, um, you know, it doesn't stop.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I always say that if there was more hour in the day, more hours in the day, I would definitely be ruling the world with how much you know extra time we would have. But it sounds like you're very busy, and uh, you know it sounds like the dedicated research time is something that is super beneficial to you, especially with how involved you're in it. With it, yeah. All right, and so last question, Terrence for you before we get you out of here, um, I've, I'm going to ask for two pieces of advice. One, if you're someone, if you're giving advice to someone that wants to be a baseball specific or upper extremity specific sports PT and any advice that you would give to anybody that wants to be in sports physical therapy in any capacity, whether it's outpatient or in professional sports or in collegiate sports?
1: Yeah, I'd say, I mean, it's definitely a lot harder to get into than you would have ever thought. Um, So I think just some advice would be one, be willing to make sacrifices and then two, be willing to work harder than anybody else. Um, you know, I've seen people, you know, some therapists that just want to, you know, work nine to five and see professional athletes and work for teams. And it's just, that's not the way it works. I, I think, you know, for me, uh, you know, I've spent, you know, hours outside of my time trying to network and, um, you know, figure out what other people were doing that, uh, worked for athlete worked for sports and the sports team. So. I think the biggest piece of advice if you want to work in sports find someone that's doing it almost use them as a mentor and try and volunteer or try and you know spend intern a lot of the baseball teams have internships Uh, and for me it was finding the the sports center that treated the athletes so at hss i mean we cover you know sports teams from you know all over the tri-state area and the, the the surgeons that work with us and the doctors that work with us treat those athletes so for me, it was trying to work at a center uh, where they had the physicians and the medical staffs that treated these athletes. And then it's networking. It's spending time with the physicians. It's spending time with the therapists that treat those athletes, seeing what they do and how they got to where they were. And then uh, constantly learning. I think you've got to be open to always, you know, learning, taking criticism. Um, you know, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not reading a research article from one of, you know, the journals or, or trying to learn myself. Um, you know, I I think just for me, it's always trying to compete with myself and and make myself better. Um, so yeah, I I think just generally, if you're willing to work hard, it's possible to get wherever you want to be.
0: Gotcha. And I think that's great advice. Um, and we really appreciate your time today, Terrence um where can we find your work uh it's obviously at life after the knife on instagram but can tell people a little bit about what you can expect to see on that page
1: yeah i think you know we're going to have some exciting stuff coming up where we'll have some live um or instagram lives with some other uh, contributors you know some other therapists across the country um definitely a lot more content on all shoulder and elbow injuries progressions um rehab guidelines that we might use and then also exercise is some of my favorite exercise progressions. Um, But really, I think that, you know, I want to try and, you know, listen to the people that follow the page. So Q&As, ask me anything. So there'll be a lot more of that also, so I can help, you know, anyone else in the community learn as much as they want to about whatever they want.
0: Right. And if you are looking to have any sort of good insight into sports, physical therapy, especially involving the upper extremity make sure you check out his instagram page life after the knife i will make sure i link it down below Um, but again terrence thank you for being the latest guest on the sports rehab experts podcast
1: awesome chase thank you for having me appreciate it
0: Thanks to Terrence Croy, consultant for the New York Mets, and HSS Clinical Lead for coming on today's episode of the Sports Rehab Experts podcast. If you liked what you heard today or want to hear more episodes from great future guests, please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening.